Making Justice Matter cultivates resilience, love, community, hope, and resistance to uplift the most oppressed people among us. Making Justice Matter is a podcast for community healing, and our intent is to share personal practices. We invited seasoned educators to speak on their experiences, their truth, and their passion for young people. I am Marie Snyder. This is Jesse Fuentes. And I am Melissa Lewis. Making Justice Matter. Welcome to episode two. Today, the founders of Making Justice Matter are going to introduce themselves as educators at Dr. Pedro Albizu Campos Puerto Rican High School, discussing how they were introduced to the organization and what the organization means to them today. So Marie, can you start our conversation by talking about how you were first introduced to our school? Yes, I would love to. Thank you, Jesse. So I worked for Alternative Schools Network, which is a nonprofit that helps support schools in Chicago and helps support other community organizations. And both Michelle Morales and Marvin Garcia worked for ASN at that time. And I remember it was uh, Bistro Campos's 40th anniversary of the high school. And there was this huge forum that was being set up and they were gonna have all these speakers and they were doing this fundraiser. And so Michelle was trying to get people to go. She was like, this is you know, where I started. This is where I found myself as an educator. This is how I knew where I wanted to be, right? And I was like, cool. So I am a lifelong learner and I am a nerd. And so I signed up for a whole day worth of, I don't remember what they called it. Do you remember Jesse? Was it a symposium? It was a symposium, but like, I don't remember what the class is. Community as an intellectual space. Yeah. So I signed up as for as many as I could. And I remember Erica Miners was one of the speakers. I remember this guy came in, was talking about how standardized testing is terrible. I remember that everything was just eye-opening, right? It was like people saying, all these things in education are not working for our students. That was my very first introduction to the school beyond working at ASN. Later, I was connected with Matt Rodriguez, who was the principal at the time from Marvin. And he was like, listen, you want to volunteer? Come on through. So my first day, I sat in Zoraida's class because Zoraida was doing after school program. And I was like, I, you know, whatever, I'll come through, I'll tutor. And Zoraida ran out the classroom because <laughs> somebody had robbed her house. And so <laughs> my first day is like, Zoraida's running out the classroom. And I was in that room by myself with some students trying to help with like e-portfolio. And from there, I have not left. I have been there through and through. Currently, I'm the Dean of Restorative Justice, and that looks very different year to year because we know our students are different year to year. Jesse, how did you get introduced to Abisu Campos? Well, my first introduction of the high school is actually as a student and not as a professional. I was 17 years old. I was a CPS student. I dropped out of a CPS school and I had been out of school for about a year and a half. And my little sister was in a youth employment program and she was placed at Centro Infantil Daycare, the daycare that was on the first floor of Albizu Campos for a while. 
And I remember she called me and she's like, I know you want to go back to school. You're a pretty smart person. You shouldn't be a dropout forever. There is this school on top of my job. They're named after this Puerto Rican man. I can't say the name, but it's a Puerto Rican school. And there's a lot of people here like you and you would like it. I was like, cool. So she had given me all of this information and she brought home, you know, a very old version of like the application for Albisu Campos and that old info session template. So I had filled it out. I went in and requested an interview. And at the time there was a mentor there, his name was Carlos Contreras. And he had done my info session that day. And I remember my first impression of the high school really being in that moment with the interview that I had with Carlos. And I'll never forget. So, you know, very typical questions. What school did you attend? Why did you drop out? What makes you want to come back to school? What's different, right? And he asked me, what was my take on, you know, things like metal detectors and scanning machines and police stations and schools? And I had alluded to the fact that some of those things, I believe, were a contribution to my failure at Shures, was that very, that very policing, right, in a school that didn't allow me to feel safe at a place like Carl Shures, which was the high school I had attended. And what he told me was, well, we don't have, if you didn't notice when you walked in, we don't have metal detectors, we don't have scanning machines, and we don't have on-duty police officers here because we believe in treating our students like human beings and not like animals. And it was in that very moment where I was like, man, if this ain't the spot, I don't know what spot is, right? And so I, I enrolled at Albisu Campos. And you know, it was that year, I was only there for a year before getting all of the credits I needed to graduate. That really took a shift for me as a student, as a young Puerto Rican lesbian woman, as an activist, I learned everything there was to learn about my identity, the social political context in which me and my family were living in, in Chicago and Humble Park. And so it was being at the high school that really allowed me to be the person that I am today. I go to college, I pursue multiple degrees, I get a BA, I get a master's, and I worked for a Chicago public school for about six years as the Dean of Students. And it was that very setting, right, where I realized I didn't want to contribute or be a member of that type of system that made me drop out of school as a student, right? That very policing setup that doesn't allow a student to walk in and feel like they are fully human and that they're being trusted and that they're walking into an institution where they are going to learn. And then there was an opening at Albisu Campos for the Dean of Student Affairs position. And I remember thinking like, that is the place you want to be. That is the place you want to be an educator because that was the institution that had affirmed me as a learner, as a scholar, as a Puerto Rican woman. And so I applied to Albisu Campos. Actually, Marie, you were on the, the interview committee. It was the longest interview of my life. <laughs> um, and you know, I've been at Albisu Campos ever since. It is an institution that I truly believe provides radical education for young people, provides a place for healing, provides a, a space for identity development. And I'm happy to be a part of a leadership that believes in that very mission. Melissa, you wanna, you wanna take us on a journey of your introduction to the high school? 
Yeah, I think it's funny how Marie gets introduced to the high school as an adult in a professional setting, Jesse as a student, and then I get experienced and introduced to the high school as a member, like as a family member. I remember walking into Abisu Campos when my brother, my older brother, you know, was just as involved at the time and had just been released from juvie. And my mom was like, man, I need to find him a school. So my cousins had attended Abisu Campos. So I went with her to enroll my older brother. And I was a little girl. I must have been like, you know, 10, 11 years old. And so we enrolled my older brother. And then my younger sister enrolled herself at Abisu Campos because she felt like she was lost in the larger high school in the neighborhood. And she was really struggling with her mental health as a result of it, you know, just not feeling like she was getting the support that she needed. So she enrolled herself and brought my mom the paperwork. And was like, here, this is what I did today after school. And my mom was like, oh, okay. And then my younger brother, my mom enrolled him because she was worried that he was getting lost on the streets and becoming gang involved and she wanted stronger mentors for him and she needed that stronger support system that she knew Abisu Campos had from having had my sister and my older brother at Abisu Campos so that's how I'm introduced to the school I've always seen it as a community school so I remember getting an email that Abisu Campos was looking for a principal and I was like, Abisu Campos, what? Is looking for a who? And I was like, immediately I got nervous. Immediately I got nervous. And that's when I know that I'm excited about something. That's when I know that I'm like, oh, okay, this is something I could do. So I call my sister and I'm like, hey, guess who's looking for a principal? She's like, who? I was like, Abisu Campos is looking for a principal. She's like, let me tell you this. And I remember this conversation. She's like, before you even think about applying, you need to know that these kids are gonna, they need you. And if you're gonna do this, they need your whole heart. They need you all in. And I said, okay, <laughs> that, was, that was it. I was like, okay, if they need me, I'm there. For me, it, it feels like where home is. And I think about the experience that my siblings had. And for me, it just was all like full circle. And you know, it's where I belong. It's so nice for us to have like that very personal connection with the school before realizing that's where I want to be, right? As a professional, it's super dope. We do a lot, right? We do a lot of mentoring. We do a lot of coaching. We, we lead. And often sometimes our days is just about helping a young person with something that could be trivial or something that could be life-changing. So let's walk through how we help the students today. What, what do we do? What, what did our day look like today, Marie? My day looked like texting, screenshotting, texting some more. But my highlight is we have a student named Jay. Everybody knows who Jay is. And when Jay hears this, he's going to be like, my middle name is Abisu Campos, right? So Jay, I asked him to make a commercial because Pana Council's helped put together a Thanksgiving uh, meal giveaway. And I asked him to make a commercial and I've been asking him to get this done for a week. And I helped him get ready for it and I hyped him up and we had a senior meeting and he was in the senior meeting. And I said, Jay, you gotta get this done. And Jay put together a wonderful commercial and I know that it was because of the skills that he learned at Abisu Campos, particularly in Jess's English class. I think they were looking at the ethos and the pathos 
and he recorded this he added some title like i don't even have to do any editing so today i helped encourage a student to follow through with the project and it is a dope project and i cannot wait to share it with everybody and when this episode is released right underneath it you're going to see the video so you can watch it too jesse what you help a student do today well every morning i think i help several students put in attendance right and wake up at, you know, a big part of what education looks like today is making a student feel like they got something to look forward to. We're all working from home, learning from home. It's difficult to be in front of a laptop all day, right, and feel like your life has meaning. And so every day I spend some time, I either send like a music lyric or I send something real corny to my kids to help them like either laugh or smile first thing so they can feel like they have some energy. But I always ensure that students know that my day is going to be spent helping them on whatever they need. And so I always ask, like, if you need some, text me, call me, FaceTime me, I'm here. And today I had a young person who's like, look, I can't get a COVID testing appointment anywhere. I have symptoms. I live with an older person and I don't know where to get tested. And so today, you know, my, my job was literally helping a young person get an appointment and watching him in line, right? Because he he still, while waiting in line for his COVID test, participated in a senior meeting. But today we ensured some safety. A young person got tested and hopefully we could keep him and his family safe for getting some results. Melissa, what's your day look like today? So I spent my morning dealing with uh, a grant that is geared specifically to students who experienced the school closings from a few years back, that 2017, 2018 school years, I think the year that this particular student was impacted. So with this grant, I get to support this student and their family very specifically. Like if this, you know, this student and their mom, if this mom calls me and is like, hey, listen, you know, we're running real low on groceries. With this particular money, I can buy them groceries. There's a particular sense of like, power and like I sometimes really do feel helpless when students and families come to me but with this particular family I'm like man I got you I can I can fix that today so that's what I did this morning I spent time getting their grocery order in uh, so that they'd have something to eat for dinner tonight and then we talked about what supports they'll need from me next week and you know so that, that felt good because I don't always have the answers, but to be able to particularly to help this family right now with what they need makes me happy. That's super dope, right? Taking funding and, and being able to do some real good with it. A lot of funding is usually tied to so many policies and procedures that we don't get to utilize it the way it's needed. So that's great. Albisu Campos is a real unique campus physically even right like our physical makeup is young people are in the community all day every day as they transition from class to class but the community also sees us as an institution that is a community school right it's an open door policy for community members to come in to engage with young people for young people to be able to engage with community why is Albisu campus in particular as an institution so important to the humble park community I think for me, it's how is the community giving back to Abisu Campos and how are you in the community and able to provide your time, your resources, your energy and put it into the school. And I think when we think about 
how I get services for students and families, it's often community members who I call who I'm like, hey, listen, can you give you know a telehealth session for a student that's in need? Like mom is really struggling, family is really struggling. And it's a community member who steps in and takes on that role. So for me, it's that link between community and Abisu and finding the resources that my students and families need. Yeah, for sure. Also, you know, I remember as a student, and I think this is what is so beautiful about the school, is that the community was always a part of our classroom, right? It was always a part of our identity development. It was always a part of our historical analysis was to be able to have the community within our grasp, right? And so I remember we were talking about community gardening. We were talking about the importance of beautification. And then we had an anti-gentrification campaign where young people at the age of 16, 17 were really thinking about what does it mean to build a sustainable community? And then who's responsible for that, right? And I remember one of my teachers telling me, well, you're going to put plants into planters today. And in my, I was like, what does that have to do with anti-gentrification work? What does like what does that have to do with community? Like putting a plant in a planter. Someone tell me, and she's like, if you are not responsible for beautifying and taking care of your own community, then who do you think is going to do it for you? And I remember having such a profound conversation on what it meant to be the stakeholder for your own space and to claim that space and to say that we were presente and that Humble Park was not for sale and that we were going to keep our families there because we could do it on our own, right? And I remember that entire conversation and my participation, and I still do planters, even as a dean of students at Albizu Campus, we still do the planters. And it's because it's a part of that conversation of what it means to beautify your own community. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch young people walk past those planters every day after April and they see those flowers grow, right? Or how angry they get that someone might've littered in their planter and how much responsibility they assume in terms of keeping those spaces clean, right? And so when I think about Albisu Campos as such a pivotal organization and why it's important to community, there is a community because there is this continual generational upkeep of our community with our students and with our families. I, I have students who they had a brother, a sister, a mother, or aunt attend Albisu Campos, right? And it's almost like a campus that has been open to an entire family. And it's just been such a beautiful thing to watch. And to add to that, because this is about trauma, right? We're trying to figure out what are the ways that we can address this? What are the ways that people have been able to build relationships with students and build community with students? And part of that is the students building that with each other and showing them that they can be in community, they can be friends, they can figure out their own possibilities that solve some of the challenges that they've had and that we enhance and empower the freedom to do so and to be creative, to think about the future and to think about not just the present and what we're dealing with, but wanting to look forward to that. And that's something that you mentioned earlier, Jesse, that there has to be something we look forward to today in order for us to want to succeed and to even envision ourselves succeeding. So that's why Abisu Campos is important. It's important because we help cultivate people 
because it's not just the students who are learning, like it's all of us, right? And we help each other share this community and talk about the trauma and talk about how we heal and heal in ways that are artistic or that are pragmatic, that are always together and always with each other. And that's really what we're gonna get into in this season, season one of Making Justice Matter. We're really going to dive into different people's experiences and at the root of it, not everybody has worked at Abisu Campos, but we have our branches from Abisu Campos and hopefully we can share some information and some inspiration. Awesome. As we close out this episode, let's do a quick round of what's bringing you joy today. Honestly, <laughs> the Mexican place down the street is still <laughs> open and I'm about to get some pesole and that even in a pandemic, food is still going to be what brings people together. And I'm so glad that the community has uplifted this place. It's um, Taqueria Moran. So good. It's on California. Shout out. Maybe there'll be a sponsor. <laughs> you do love that place. That I is your spot. I love it. So good. It's so I know. good. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, you know, to be honest, it's, it's a little dorky, but I think like what's been giving me a lot of joy lately is this reading group that we have been a part of. And, you know, I've been out of school for a bit. And so, you know, being in a space of learning and learning with people who think like me is enjoyable, right? I'm also just super excited about this podcast, yo. Like we have some super dope people coming through and sharing experiences and sharing knowledge and it's you know I'm participating in a process where my my flame starts to 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 glow again in terms of what this work looks like because you get people who come through and just inspire you so it's been dope uh that's adorable I think I see your flame like that spoken word side of you wants to come out because of this I think for me, like, yeah, what's bringing me joy is kind of seeing my my own kids, you know, I've got two young kids at home, and to see them kind of navigate remote learning in a way that is personal to them, and they can say, like, this works for me, this doesn't work for me, I don't need to do that, I've got this, like, it makes, it's teaching them a lesson on how to self-advocate, and I like that, so that's bringing me joy. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. <laughs>